everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Chronicles of Curiosity. My name is Katie, and I'm joined by my partner. Mason. Hello. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Good morning for us. Hope you're having a good day so far. If it's end of the day, whatever. Uh, in this episode, we'll explore the life, attack, and remarkable recovery of Mary Vincent. Um, now, this is a case that I had not heard about, and I don't see a lot of people that have covered this story, so I'm hoping this will be a new something new to learn um, for some of you. It's a it's a, it's a crazy story. Her story is one of, of bravery, resilience, and determination in the face of just unimaginable horror. And like you said, for some reason, I don't see many people covering this story. It's a crazy mm-hmm. story, though. It is. It's wild, yeah. yeah. Um, but before we get into this, I wanted to warn everyone that the story of Mary is, while remarkable, incredibly disturbing. Um, so this is a trigger warning for sexual violence and rape um, and also physical violence. So just prepare yourselves now if that's not something you are comfortable hearing this might not be the episode for you so we'll try and keep things from being too too graphic but just a warning it's a graphic story to begin with so there's really no no way to no way to put it otherwise no way around it yeah. yeah all right let's get started all right uh so mary vincent was born on january 11th 1963 in california um, her parents divorced when she was young so she was kind of bouncing between houses but as a child she mostly lived with her mother who was a waitress and her stepfather, who was a truck driver, they lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. According to Mary, her stepfather physically and emotionally abused her and her siblings, and her mother was often absent from their lives. So she kind of had a rough start. She had a rough go. When Mary was 15, she ran away from home and hitchhiked to her grandfather's home in Berkeley, California, kind of hoping to like start a new life or kind of reset some of the crap that she'd gone through so far. And just to note, like in that time frame, Hitchhiking was a pretty casual thing. Lots and lots of people tended to do it. It wasn't quite as, I guess I could say, taboo as it may be now. Before we get in further into the story, uh, I have a question. Do you think hitchhiking was ever safe? Ever? No. <laughs> Simply based on stories similar to this, I know. My context basically is this story and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have those, not seen that. Those actually. are my two references for picking up hitchhikers, Ugh. and neither of them ended well. Mm. Um, but my theory is that hitchhiking is safer now, or it appears to be safer now, because less people do it. Back mm-hmm. in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, people were hitchhiking all the time. Right. And most of them were fine, I'm sure, but then you get stories like these. Where and they simply a, weren't fine. There's a reason why we don't really hitchhike anymore. Yeah. Not, not like we did a couple right. decades ago. Right. Um, so on September 29th, 1978, after living with her grandfather for, grandfather for a while, uh, Mary Vincent began hitchhiking back to Las Vegas. She was kind of feeling homesick. She was just ready to get back to her to her, her family and her, uh, her mom and her siblings. Shortly after leaving Berkeley, California, she was offered a ride by Lawrence Singleton, who was a former merchant seaman and, unbeknownst to Mary, a convicted rapist. Um, Mary accepted the offer, unaware of the danger she was putting herself in. You know, how could you be aware? She was just like every other hitchhiker out there with a sign saying where she needed to go. (coughs) Excuse me, saying where she needed to go. Someone stopped and picked her up, and she was at their mercy, I guess. And I gotta say, we'll post a picture of Lawrence later on on our social medias. Um, But if you were to see him, he kind of looks just like a kindly old grandfather figure. Mm-hmm. Very um, unassuming. But for some reason, when you find out the details of how horrific he actually was, it changes. It changed my perspective completely yeah. after I looked at oh, a photo yeah. of him. It changed him from like a grandfatherly figure to a, a 
terrifying evil monster. I, I don't know how else to put it. It was very yeah, a, yeah. A, such a harsh change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of frightening to think about the fact that you can just look at a picture or you can just meet a person and you just assume nothing, you know, you just assume everyone is as they seem, but you just don't know what's below the surface with certain people like this. So shortly after departing, Mary quickly began picking up signs that something was wrong. Um, She briefly fell asleep. And then when she woke up, she noticed they were headed in the exact opposite direction of Las Vegas. Um, And later on, Mary spotted two teenagers on the side of the road looking to get a ride um so she kind of suggested hey we could probably pick them up there's there should be some room in here because they were in just a van just empty van the two of them but singleton dismissed mary's suggestion to pick them up saying there was only room in the car for two of them and mary from my understanding was trying to get singleton to pick these people up so that there would be somebody else Mm -hmm. with her because she was feeling uneasy at at this point yeah the vibes were already off at that point she was like "Uh uh-uh this is sus i'm not too sure what's happening here but not feeling safe Mm -hmm. but eventually the pair came to a stop at a secluded rest area and by that point mary was already planning her escape she knew you know this is suspicious i gotta i gotta get myself out of here she got out of the car and noticed her shoe was untied so she stopped to tie it knowing that that would only hinder her if she needed to run Um, When she bent down, Singleton hit her over the head with a sledgehammer that he had stashed in his van. Um, Mary awoke sometime later, bound with ropes and locked in the back of the vehicle. And again, trigger warning, this is when Singleton raped her an undetermined amount of times. She was in and out of consciousness just all through the night. So the next morning, after hours of assault, Mary began begging for her release. To this, Singleton responded chillingly, If you want to be set free, I'll set you free. Oh, my God. And then he brutally cut off both of her hands with an axe. Yeah. Yikes. I just had to, like, take a second to let that information soak in for for a moment for myself. And then he picked up the half-conscious Mary and carried her to the nearby Del Puerto Canyon, tossing her nearly 30 feet into the ravine below, leaving her to die. At this point, Mary was nude, covered in wounds, missing both of her hands, and likely had a concussion from the initial sledgehammer blow. She was ready to give up when she reportedly experienced a vision of other young women being subjected to the same torture at the hands of Singleton. And at at the time, she did not know that Singleton had raped previous women. Right. Nobody knew at this point. So, but she just had an intuition that he was going to continue to do this to other people. Right. If she did not stop him. Right, right, which is probably a safe assumption. I mean, based on his track record before this and the severity and the um, aggression that he treated Mary with, just he would have continued um, given an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, I also read something that he, when he said that he would set her free, he chopped off her hands just above where the ropes were tied. Oh. Off, like symbolically, quote unquote, setting her free mm, by yep. removing her hands. That's chilling. Yes. That is just... But anyway, she, as I said, she was ready to give up when she reportedly experienced a vision of other young women being subjected to the same torture at the hands of Singleton. Um, So using this as her strength, Mary dragged herself back up the 30-foot cliff without her hands, which is just crazy to think about. She somehow managed to reach a nearby road where she flagged down a car passing by. Uh, While waving for the car, she realized her arm muscles were literally falling out at her wrists. I, I can't even imagine what I, that what that would be like, seeing your own muscles. I know. That makes me so nauseous. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That's horrifying. But when she flagged down someone, she was rushed to the hospital where doctors were miraculously able to save her life. However, she was left permanently disabled with both arms amputated at the elbows. 
Speaking later about her assault, Mary said he, meaning Singleton, destroyed everything about me, my way of thinking, my way of life, holding on to innocence, and I'm still doing everything I can to hold on. After Mary's recovery, she was able to recall well enough to construct a detailed sketch of her attacker. The sketch was shared nationally, and almost immediately Lawrence was recognized by his neighbor. Singleton was quickly arrested and charged with Mary's abduction and assault. Can you imagine finding out that your neighbor I was, was just a serial killer? That. Well, not a serial killer, but a convicted rapist and, and torturer. A whole, disgusting human being. Yikes. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Our neighbors seem pretty nice, right? Yeah, they're pretty nice. You would think. Yeah, they grow a lot of plants. They really like our dog. I think we're, I think we're good. I think we're okay. But yeah, he was recognized by his neighbor. So he was quickly arrested and charged with Mary's abduction and assault. He initially claimed that he had picked up Mary to offer her a job and that she had injured herself accidentally, which, okay. nice yeah, you try know, there, buddy. When, when, you, when you make a mistake cutting an apple up and you accidentally mm-hmm. cut both of your hands off right, the right, wrist. Right, 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 yeah. right, right, exactly, yes. But, however, he did eventually plead guilty to charges of rape, mayhem, and attempted murder, which I had to look this up because I wasn't 100% sure, but mayhem is also called aggravated assault. Um, it's just the crime of maliciously injuring or maiming someone originally so as to render the victim defenseless. Mayhem is a good term for that. It is. I would agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. He was only sentenced to 14 years. 14 after... years. Okay. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Mary testified against Singleton in court, courageously recounting the details of her assault and describing how Singleton had mutilated her, like to his face. Mary's testimony was instrumental in securing Singleton's conviction. That was a big move. That was really, really big of her at 15. I can't imagine facing somebody like that in court after what he did to her. Right. After serving only eight years of his sentence, Singleton was released from prison in 1987 on parole on good behavior, which, what the fuck? On good behavior? Understandably, Mary was outraged and terrified at the thought of him being free, And she spoke out publicly against his release, which is understandable, I feel like. Of course. Yeah. Um, Authorities moved Singleton around for years after his release, bouncing from one northern California town to the next. However, if there was even a suggestion that Lawrence would be settling in a town, it was a certainty that protests would follow because people were like, absolutely not. We know what this man has done. I, I fully believe in the reconstruction of somebody after they've committed a crime, Mm. but I, I, I would have a hard time accepting that somebody like that was living in my neighborhood especially as we'll see later he really showed no remorse he ain't done folks he ain't done after numerous relocation attempts failed due to riots he was eventually relocated to san quentin california where he would live under the watch and protection of prison officials Uh, when donald stahl the prosecutor at singleton's trial was asked his opinion on the release of the offender this is what he had to say I think, if anything, he's worse now. He has not taken responsibility. He lives in a bizarre fantasy land and acquits himself each day. He doesn't accept his guilt and won't resolve never to do it again, end quote. The outrage of his release, supported by Mary herself, obviously, eventually led to California legislation being passed that prevented the early release of any criminal convicted of using torture on a victim. This new court law would be known as the Singleton Bill. I cannot believe it took this long for that sort of thing to come up. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, yeah. I don't want to think about the, how many previous violent murderers or, you know, criminals were released after such a short period of time, just because they quote, had good behavior. I know. Like to me, that just, that's just so nauseating. Like the amount of people that can just kind of pretend to behave well. 
just to get out of there and just to god only knows i mean maybe go back to what they were doing before that just that i don't feel comfortable with that at all and a lot of these people are sociopaths or have psychopathic tendencies which means that in certain cases they're easy it's easier for them to conform to what they think they should look like mm. so if they're in a prison and they want to be released it's not difficult for them to flip a switch in their mind and become an upstanding citizen or an upstanding right. prisoner and it's gain the an trust act. Yes. it's just an act exactly yeah, just to gain trust like you said yeah uh, but regardless of public outcry in 1990, Singleton would move from San Quentin to his home state of Florida, which, of course, he's a Florida man. We know the stories about the Florida of people. Of course, of course. No offense to those that live in Florida. Some of you are pretty cool, but... By the way, if you ever want something fun to do, look up your birthday on Google and follow it by the word Florida man. So for me, it would be July 3rd, Florida man, mm-hmm. and see what story pops up. I can guarantee no matter what your birthday is, you're going to have a good story. That'll um, take you on a journey. Man. Always, yeah. always. Mine yeah. had something to do with an alligator. I think uh, a man tried to light an alligator on fire by dousing oh. it in gasoline because it was on his property. I believe that was mine. That's a bit of... Um, Great stories. Anyway, <laughs> um, over the next few years, he was convicted of numerous petty crimes once he had moved to Florida. One of the crimes would again land him behind bars, this time for stealing a $3 hat. Uh, despite his mounting criminal record, he was again released after just a two-year stint. Once released, he would commit his final atrocity. Do you think he was committing these petty crimes to be reincarcerated? Mm. Many criminals who are released, they, they do these things. They will, again, commit petty crimes just so they can be put back in prison because they find it so hard to live outside of prison. I thought about it when you started to say that. I didn't think of it as a way to get him back into prison because it was easier to live. I almost wondered if it was more he was committing these petty crimes to put himself to put himself back in prison because he knew he was going to continue. Like, he was Mm. going to commit another atrocity, if you will. Essentially, he was asking the the police, guys, put me in jail. You don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm going to do. But they kept letting him out after only a couple of years, Mm -hmm. each time. Mm -hmm. Um, So in February of 1997, a quiet neighborhood in Tampa would be upended. On the afternoon of the 19th of February, a house painter heard screaming coming from a nearby residence. He quickly called the police after discovering a nude singleton repeatedly stabbing a woman. The painter later said he could hear bones crunching after each stab. Wow. Uh, the victim of the attack was Roxanne Hayes, a single mother of three young children. Uh, trying to make ends meet, she agreed to quote-unquote meet with singleton at her home. Her price was $20, but this ended up costing her her life. When you say meet, what exactly do you mean? I mean, reading between the lines, it was presumably like a, a sexual interaction um just because she was a single mother she was trying to make ends meet sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures and maybe she felt that that's what she had to do yeah and singleton at this time was in his 60s 70s i believe i think right around there yeah so in april of the next year singleton was sentenced to death for the murder of hayes his guilty conviction took the jury just four hours to come to a decision just three years later while awaiting execution singleton would die of cancer before they had the chance to judicially execute him or take his life. Despite her injuries, Mary was determined to regain her independence and learn to live without arms. She spent several months in hospitals and rehabilitation centers, undergoing surgeries, and learning to use prosthetic arms. With the help of her family and friends, Mary eventually moved into her own apartment and started attending college. 
How old was she at this time? This was a couple years later, right? Um, I'm not 100% sure of the year. She was 15 at the start of this, and that was in 1978. So this was, she's probably about 20? 20. 19 or 20. Regardless of the challenges she faced, Mary refused to be defined by her assault. She went on to graduate from college with a degree in fine arts and became a successful painter and sculptor, which is just wild if you think about the fact that this beautiful person lost her hands, lost her arms from the elbows down, and she was an artist. And a lot of the times, art does require use of your hands. Generally. Not all, but... Most. I wonder if she was an artist in her younger years. Mm, That seems like an extra cruel life reality Mm -hmm. you're an artist and then you lose your hands yeah Yeah. but it's i feel like it's really beautiful the the determination that she stuck with and persisted through to still continue what may have been her lifelong dream of becoming a successful painter yeah absolutely Uh, she also became an advocate for victims of violence speaking publicly about her experience and encouraging others to come forward and seek help in 1999 mary married a man named jd hayes and they had two children together However, their marriage did end in divorce, um, and Mary later struggled with alcoholism and depression for a time. As you would expect after going through something like that. Yeah, she's been through serious trauma, so that can be hard on you, for sure. She eventually overcame these challenges and continued to focus on her art and advocacy work. Uh, Mary's story also highlights the issues of violence against women and the need for stronger laws and resources to support victims. Mary's case is a tragic reminder of how vulnerable young women can be to predators who seek to harm them. Um, her experience also underscores the need for greater awareness of the dangers of hitchhiking and the importance of educating young people about personal safety. This was the period of time when hitchhiking was really becoming discouraged, right? Um, I would say probably around this time frame or within the next like decade or so after the fact. Mm-hmm. And we weren't around we weren't alive at that period of time but i would imagine a lot of it had to do with factual events such as mary's story and also fictional events like the texas chainsaw massacre Mm -hmm. um i I do recall reading a story about the texas chainsaw massacre leading to a a, a steep drop not necessarily of the people who were looking to hitchhike but the people who would pick up hitchhikers Ah. because of that movie alone i also feel like there has been a lot more education on personal safety within recent years like you know those keychains with like the personal safety units some of them have like a an alarm where you just press the button and the thing like basically shrieks to call attention to you if you're in an unsafe situation right there's the some of them have like a mini taser um pepper spray pepper spray yeah some of them have even like brass knuckles um and the window breaker thing and the seat belt cutter i feel like those are a good option to have if you feel that you need that extra layer of safety about your about your life or your commute or where you live. That's not a bad idea at all. Always think about stranger danger too. There's also stranger danger, yes. We always warn our little dog about stranger danger. Uh, Mary's advocacy work has helped to raise awareness of these issues and to promote greater support and resources for victims of violence. She has worked tirelessly to ensure that other survivors do not have to go through what she endured. And her advocacy has helped to inspire a new generation of activists and advocates. Um, As of recently, Mary has preferred to keep a low profile, happy to live a quiet but fulfilling life. I actually did come across a picture of her um, in my research of her walking a couple dogs of hers. And she looked pretty happy. She looked looked a little bit overwhelming because the dogs looked like they were going every which way. But um, 
I hope she's happy. I hope she is. So to wrap things up, Mary's story is one of incredible strength and resilience in the face of unspeakable horror, as we have learned today. Her journey of recovery and empowerment is a testament to the human spirit's capacity to overcome even the most unimaginable challenges. Um, Mary's advocacy work has helped to raise awareness of the issue of violence against women and to promote a greater support and resources for survivors. Her legacy will continue to inspire and empower people for generations to come. Wow. Yeah. That's an incredible story. Yeah. And it, I can't believe we have, we don't hear more about it. I'm sure some of you have heard this story previously, but this is one that you would think would be made into the true crime mm-hmm. documentaries. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely well known. How did you find out about this story? So a couple of years ago, I was watching this show called um, I Survived, and each episode takes... I believe it's about three different stories of people that have survived various atrocities and traumas. Um, And one of these episodes had Mary's story. And in the, in the show, it is specifically that person in this case, Mary telling her story, Wow, which was that has stuck with me since then. And actually I think the episode is on um, YouTube. If you are interested in watching it again, it's called I survived. Um, and her name is Mary Vincent, but she's in an episode with a couple other people. I'm not quite sure which it is specifically. So that was definitely one of our sources for this this particular story. Other sources that we've used, Los Angeles Times, uh, we also used an MSN article. Um, there was surprisingly few documentaries and, and few resources on this story. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, it was her firsthand account, Yeah, which yeah. is the best source of information. Right, I agree. Yeah, it was really, really powerful to watch talk about this I rewatched it while doing my research for this and um, throughout part of the storyline she is just talking kind of monotone with just tears running down her face and I think sometimes that is a that's something that we don't think about but that is a really powerful visual of something like that like you you it really puts you in the perspective of like this person went through some nasty nasty shit right but she is still out there she's an artist she is living her life she has figured out how to make it work and her life also it's important to know her life was not perfect afterwards as well we mentioned the divorce we mentioned the depression and the alcoholism and alcoholism that can come with ptsd right right but she kept going she kept going she persisted and as far as we know now um, like you mentioned she's kind of staying out of the media spotlight she's Mm -hmm. told her story she's likely put that behind her she's been Mm -hmm. at peace with it and she's ready to live the rest of her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, we'll post some pictures of Mary on our Instagram. There's this one picture that has stuck with me of her at age 15 with the prosthetics on her arms. And she has chosen, I guess she, she felt that the most effective option for her was um, ones that have sort of like a hook, not like Captain Hook style. We'll, show, we'll post a picture. But Although that would be really cool. It would be cool, but a little bit difficult. So there's a picture of her, I believe, in the courtroom at age 15, and she's got the prosthetic arms like kind of up by her face, and she has this massive smile on her face, and that's huge. That, that makes a significant point of like, you can hurt me, you can cut me down, but I'm still standing, bitch. Like, right. you, I'm one step above you here. So, so we'll definitely post pictures of Mary. We'll post a picture of uh, Lauren Singleton. But yeah, if this is a this is a case you're interested in, I'd really encourage you to watch the episode of I Survived or do some research on it yourself. I think that's all. Anything else you wanted to add today? Yeah, um, we appreciate you listening. Um, please continue to listen. Consider giving us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts wherever you listen. Just like last week, this is going 
pretty much everywhere. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, again, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it online. You can find it on any music app that you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd appreciate it as well if you could give us a follow on our social medias. We're yeah. Chronicles of Curiosity Podcasts on Instagram, Chronicles of Curiosity Pod on TikTok. We don't have anything there yet. Yeah, we got to work on the TikTok, yeah. but... Uh... That's okay. Stick with us. <laughs> Bear with us. But we appreciate everybody listening this week. Yeah. Uh, if you have any suggestions for something you would want to hear in the future, feel free to give us, uh, you know, give us, send us a message, shoot yeah. us an email. Yeah. Comment on one of our posts, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But we appreciate it. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank have a great day. Have a great week, night, whatever time of day it is for you. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.